listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. I also do have a plan or a hope and ambition that I didn't say at the start, and I just wanted to say it, is that if you listen to my show and you listen to enough of my shows, that you get that passion, that you get the feeling that you're not alone, that you kind of... I don't know the best way to describe this without being an egomaniac, because I'm not, but, you know, if you listen to my show, I kind of would love to see, you know, you're six foot taller, you're stronger, you're, you know, you're, I can take on anything, that you actually truly believe in that idea that is America, and that you, you, you lose the inhibitions, you lose the, oh, America sucks, America's crap, that people and politicians and the media want to spin you today, that you listen to this show and you get away going, no, actually, we are we are exceptional, and here's why. And that you have that love of country, and if you if I can get you to love your founding fathers and your constitution that bit better as well, I, I kind of that is a, a an ambition that I have because I love them tremendously, and if I can share that passion with you or anyone else, it it would be incredible for me. Whether it's one person or a hundred or ever how many. So we're at the end of the show, and I have a grace. I'm looking forward to sharing this life in utopia, and I think I hope you enjoy these segments. Um, we're also doing, in case you hadn't noticed on the show, we do the short stack state uh, segments where if you just want to listen to just a start, a segment of the show, the life in utopia will always be one of the short segments. We do two, um, just to help you in case you want to just a bit of a teaser and you can't listen to the full episode, or there was something I said that was really important and you wanted to share it with someone. And the Life in Utopia is a segment I'm going to be doing for as long as you send in questions. And they can be about anything, about my life in Ireland, about me. The first two are focused on the blaze and my version of an American dream because they were questions I got quite a lot of. But I'm working down on them and some people have asked about Irish healthcare, Irish foreign policy. Uh, um, How does your government shape? How do people respond to government and how do they act? There's two questions for today's segment I want to tie together. One is, 
If you grew up in utopia, what was it that woke you up or intrigued you about our way of freedom is the first one. And the second one is, I wonder if I could ask you an introspective question. Your praise and love for America is evident. Do you think that comes in part from our relationship our two nations have had? What does the man on the street feel about America? I know Ireland's more socially liberal, but how would you say your views compare to those of your countrymen? And I wanted to share a story with you about my life and just kind of lump those two questions together what intrigued you about our way of freedom um i think the first thing was ever since i've grown up as a very young child there's been different issues going on in my life and i don't want to get to them on this show but i just never felt like i fully belonged um i was kind of one of those people that you might actually hate if you were Irish. I never had a great love of country. Never thought Ireland was great. I never thought Ireland was brilliant. I was just Irish. Um, and I was very blessed when I was a younger child to, because my some of my elder family my on my granny's side emigrated to America and, and got their American dream, we had family over there. And when I was about seven or eight, I can never find out the age, to be precise, um, my grandmother's sister, who had lived there most of her adult life, married a, a man and had kids. Um, well, her husband was sick with Parkinson's and we had to go over and spend some time with her. So I got to go to Clearwater, Florida, flew into Tampa as a seven or eight year old who was impressionable and just fell in love with your country. And we went several other times to visit my great uncle. And just, I loved your country. And then as I grew up, um, technology also became better. So the internet came along and you, you, it wasn't just, you know, looking in encyclopedias and getting your, your own news about Ireland and sometimes England. You got more news, you got more views. And everything I knew, or I, I just didn't like about Ireland. Some of the things... I didn't like the idea because I, I, I worked from a very early age. I was encouraged to work and be self-sufficient. I had my first paid job when I was nine years old. It was a summer job. I worked in, my, in an office. I can tell you exactly how much money I earned to this day. I earned 70 pounds for a 40-hour week. <gasps> Child labor, exploitation. Yeah, whatever, move along. Um, and I, I grew up with the idea that, you know, you earn money, you, you get your life. And if you want a better life, you earn more money. And, you know, it, it taught me a lot of things from an early age because I only worked there in the summer. So, you know, the first summer I kind of blew my money. Um, and then the second summer I earned money because, you know, if I wanted a dandy or the Beano or match, you know, you know, kids magazines in the winter. I couldn't get them. I wasn't given pocket money. I had to save it. So it taught me budgeting and it taught me how to be responsible with money. And I just didn't like the idea of you going out to work, earning a lot of money and paying a lot of it in taxes. I, I was taught self-responsibility by my parents. I saw my parents work incredibly long hours, both my mother and my father. My father owned a business during the day. And he was a house manager of a concert hall at night. I saw my mother work in an office all day, come home and have dinner, and then go out to work that night. And never really getting ahead. And I just didn't like that idea. Now, there were reasons for it, but again, that's another day. 
And then I saw people going, you're from this class or from this neighborhood or you have this background. You can't do this. And I just just, just disagreed with it. And I, I saw everything that I, and I saw in society. And I, got, I don't like that and I don't like that and I don't like that and I don't like that. And then I saw Europe becoming into power and telling you know farmers how to farm. And because my f- my grandfather on my mother's side was a farmer and I spent a lot of time on farms and I, I lived down the country for a long time, I, I appreciate the farmer. I love the farmer. I love the 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 visions of the farmer, which I can get into another day. And I saw them telling you, oh, you can only have so many cattle per land and you can only have so many sheep per this and if you don't do this, you can't have this. And I saw all these rules and regulations kind of going, I just don't like that. That's not right. It's, I didn't say this at the time because I didn't know the words, but that's just not morally right and I disagreed with it. And what happened was, why America is exceptional is everyone can tell you what they don't like in this world. Everyone can, you go to the most educated Harvard's, Oxford's, Cambridge, wherever, the most educated person you can find, he'll tell you what's wrong with him. You go to what you think is the dumbest, most ignorant person on the street, they'll tell you what they don't like and what they disagree with. But ask people what they're for and you might get an entirely different answer. So as I was growing up and I was hitting teenager and becoming older and becoming a young adult and the internet came along, I was able to explore. And because I moved, went to the States at a young age, I fell in love. And from a young age, it was like, I want to move there. (laughs) I want to move there. It's everything that's there is nice. But that was all superficial. I loved the sun in Florida. I loved the heat. I loved the accent. I loved the way of life. I loved the freedom. Then as I became older, I researched. And my first election that I really followed was Bush versus Gore in 2000. And I heard people talking about an electoral college. And I thought these were people who just sat in a college kind of going, well, I vote for Bush and sod the people. And then I learned more about the Constitution. And and then I learned why your founding fathers put that into place. And then I learned more and more about the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence. And as I learned more, it was obvious I was a Republican. Freedom, less taxes, less government. Just basically saying, you can do what you want in your life. Good or bad, you can do what you want. But you're also responsible. It's up to you to chart your own course. I love that. And then technology got better. And then around 2000, I can't remember the years. I'm dreadful at looking back on time. It's so long ago. But we got Fox News on the telly. And I was... This is actually in the early 2000s. We got Fox News, because I remember the old lineup. It was, I used to watch uh, Cavuto at 9 o'clock. Then later on, I used to watch Glenn Beck at 10. And then during the night, I would record O'Reilly and Hannity and Combs and watch them the next day. And then as technology got better again, podcasts became available. And I was able to listen to Mark Levin on podcast. Then I was able to listen to Glenn Beck on podcast. And then he created his own network, and then I was able to buy a subscription on my iPad. So technology helped the journey. But I kind of knew I loved America from about seven or eight years old, from the minute I stepped off that plane. I loved it. Because it led me on a journey to say, I'm, I, yeah, I don't like all these things, A, B, and C, but this is what I'm for. I'm for the Constitution. I'm for God. I'm for 
American exceptionalism and all the principles and values that go against it. All men are created equal. You have a right to free speech. You have a right to petition your government. You have a right to defend yourself. Now to the second question. Does it come in part from our relationship our two nations have had? No. Absolutely not. What does the man on the street feel about America? Depends what America. If you're talking about the America that Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Ted Kennedy, Barack Obama, they love them. Bill Clinton is a semi-god in this country. Hillary Clinton, not so much. Ted Kennedy, absolutely lovely. When Ronald Reagan came to Ireland, eh, who cares? Warmonger. How does the man on the street feel about Ireland or about America? Well, firstly, they love them because you provide a lot of money for the Irish economy because of tourism. Because all Americans, I love Ireland, it's brilliant, it's great. I have leprechauns and... Guinness and all that type of stuff and people come over you provide a lot of money so they don't criticise you too much when it comes to politics they're very liberal they want more government they want more and more and more Um, they also don't like some of you Um, they don't like they wouldn't look too fondly on if a big Texan came Um, they'd probably call him a loudmouth yank and say where's he going with that you know 10 gallon hat they don't like the South or traditional conservative areas. Um, they would probably say something like Obama did if you saw a load of people who might listen to the show, your Bible-clinging, gun-clinging, um, conservative ratbags. They'd say something along those lines or whatever Obama said. And they'd agree with that and they'd celebrate it. Um, but they don't like... They think George Bush is a warmonger. Uh, they thought Ronald Reagan was a warmonger. Um, they don't like they think it's an attack on poor people when you don't help them through government programs um, I know Ireland is a more socially liberal country how would you say your views compared to those of your countrymen I would say there's about five of people who share any way semblance of my views and I know a couple of them Um I wouldn't say, with the greatest respect, I'd say I'm for probably a lot more right-wing than even the people I know and others. Um, I don't know many people who talk about what I talk about from even anywhere in Europe. That is sad. You Are we a socially liberal country? Absolutely. But we're n- it depends on what liberal you talk about. Liberal in America, yes. Classic liberalism, no. We like government. The last election we had was several months ago, and there was actually a poll done on voters as they left the booth. And there was a question put to them, because there was a, a surplus in the budget potentially coming up, and they said, which would you prefer, a tax cut for workers or more government spending? I think it was about 60, 60 40 said more government spending. It was actually one of the reasons the government lost because they bet on, because of um, bad the bad economy for several years, they kind of felt workers would say, I want more of my own money to control my own future. Actually, it turns out the electorate didn't. They wanted more government spending. They want more services. The reason for this is because it's what we've taught. It's what we've been growing up with. Ireland is a very socialist country, true and true. The government is involved in everything. 
It tells businesses how to work, kind of like you. We have a, a government-owned transport service through buses, through trains, um, government infrastructure, government-run hospitals. Um, one of the big policies that's coming along in Ireland at the minute is free GP care. So you can go to your GP anywhere you want. It's going to be a disaster. I'll talk to you about that. There is a question on healthcare. I'll deal with that at another date. Um, government own own one of the biggest networks in Ireland. It's called RTE. Um, it's propaganda. It's all pro-government. It's all on the government paid for. Um, it's not quite Russia today. Um, it has a bit more credibility than that, but it's not independent whatsoever. Um, you have Irish government-run um, airplanes. If you've flown to Ireland, you might know of a brand called Aer Lingus. That is currently owned by the state. And there are people in the state who actually want to sell their share to make money, and there is outrage because you can't sell the, the state-run transport. That, that would be a disaster. That wouldn't be good for competition. These are the voices that you have. We have government run, um, they have peats where you get peat moss um, and bogs. They're all government run. You have government involved in a lot of business. You have the government run energy companies. Everything, government has a hand in every industry that you can pretty much imagine. And those the industries that they don't, they are heavily regulated. And there are people who are in my family who are in certain businesses who don't think the government goes far enough and wants more regulation. But that's a question for another day. This is That was my journey. My journey was, simply put, knowing something wasn't right, finding America technology getting better, and finding out this is actually what I stand for. And I will say this, I'll just add this as well. People say, you know, America's not exceptional, you're not better, you're not this, you're not that. One of the reasons I fell in love with your country from an early age was your people. There is something inherently more friendly about America. There is something more inherently better. Not that you're better and you look down on other people, but you're more... Well, you used to be. You used to be better help, you know, helping, and there was a bigger sense of community. You weren't as guarded about your neighbours... Every time there was a disaster, you'd put your hands in your pocket, personally, not your government. But you had that passion about you. There's something... I, I love the South in America. I say this all the time. There's a reason I want to move to Dallas. That is my... If I ever get to America, that's where I'm going. It might not be Dallas, but it'll be Texas. And if it's not Texas, it's somewhere down, down South. Just more laid-back country people. Good, honest brokers. No spin, no BS, no I'll say one thing and do another, just good, honest people. And then as I grew up and I started speaking out and starting help, trying to help, you've all accepted me. I get hate, I get hate for being collected with Glenn Beck, I get hate for my opinions, I get hate for not jumping on a train. But the vast majority of your people are good. You know, it would have been so easy to go, an Irishman, what does an Irishman know about the Constitution? Get lost. You don't. You welcome me. You, you treat me as one. The interactions I have with so many of you and on social media and email, it's, I'm like one of you. I'm, I, you call me your brother at times. That is unique. That is exceptional. I wish it wasn't. I wish the whole world was that way open. But you've accepted me as one of your own. 
That is one of the reasons you're unique. Each and every one of you, your people. You've made me enjoy every time I've been there. I've never touched wood, had a bad experience in America. I've had some bad incidents. But every time there was a bad incident, it was immediately followed by someone good helping me out. Because you didn't care where I was from. You didn't care I wasn't an American. You didn't care about my income or my education. You just went and helped me. That is one of the reasons you're exceptional. One of the many, many reasons. This is why I love America. That is why I love it today. And also because I'm jealous. You have documents. You have a trilogy of freedom. Your Declaration of Independence, your Constitution, your Bill of Rights, which has never been repeated. You stand for rights that not many people even understand, let alone can stand for, for the rest of the world. This is my story. I was asked it, so I said I'd share. I hope I haven't bored you too much. But that's my way of finding freedom, and that is my view of America. And sadly, Ireland doesn't view it, America the same way I do. I hope today's show has given you something to think about. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you wouldn't mind, please, please, please consider sharing it with a friend of your or a family member or someone you think might appreciate my view on America. That is the best way I can potentially get over there soon. Until next week, America. I finish this show the way we finish it all the time. I salute your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, and your vets. Those are the real heroes in society. The men and women who risk it all 24-7 so each and every one of us can be free. And lastly, I salute you, the great American people. Never, ever give up. Never, ever think America sucks. Please find your hope. Please find your way to act. And never forget what the Toadville said. America is great because America is good. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. The Blaze Radio Network. 